beautiful. You are. You're a beautiful man, Dusty Burroughs. <laughs> He's sexy himself. Well, I try. back it's friday it's the weekend time to get sober right oh yeah <laughs> hey Good everybody get sober right uh everybody welcome to <laughs> this pink cloud season two episode 31 i am dj kelly reverb we are a show on recovery sobriety and all in between and addiction and uh Relapse and, uh, you know, just a little unique uh, look uh, at the lives of, uh, you know, active and uh, post-active users. Holistic healing. (laughs) Oh, holistic healing. There's a whole myriad. But sitting in with me, co-host, the lovely and talented, here I've got a description for you. You ready, Dusty? Uh, LPC, uh, LCDC. Get the get the school stuff out yeah. of the way. Uh, I've got uh, the possum wrangler, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Sobar Sobar Basics uh, purveyor, correct? Yes. Uh, and then I went ahead and threw in uh, the uh, Charlie Manson of recovery. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> My mom hates that. I do. No, I, there's a picture yeah. of Dusty that, and then like you put them up next to each other. And uh and then, uh-huh and oh. and there's a it goes yeah. deeper than that he's actually got we charlie man birthday but she loves you but if you keep bringing that up <laughs> she might not like you sorry anymore. sorry mom sorry <laughs> mom I told, I but no him. but it was like if if charles manson was like it turned out to be a good guy i plead the fifth and and then of course the uh zen master with the uh, whole recovery dharma thing and uh my personal sky daddy <laughs> Dusty Burrows. How's that's, it going, bud? It's quite an introduction. Thank well, you, hey, you've got to live up to that hype. Yeah, I'm working on it, man. It's a daily grind living right. up to that introduction every <laughs> every so often. Well, how, how is uh, Recovery Dharma going real quick? It's going really good. And every that's Recovery week. Dharma DF, North DFW, right? Yes, North DFW. Um, myself and, and Stephanie Ann uh-huh. and uh, Cassie, shout out. Yep. Um, uh, we've... We've come together and, and done something really great, but it's really not so much about us. It's about the community. Sure. And every week people show up. We have new people every week just showing up, healing, and being vulnerable. And, and you don't have to necessarily be in addiction recovery. You can just want some, you know, inner peace, correct? Well, you know, yes, it's recovery from addiction, from chemical addiction, but also sure. process addiction, or it can even be just behaviors that aren't serving you well that are causing suffering not only to you but maybe to the people around you and uh, whether that be and we have people going through divorce that are in their healing from that so lots of different um, reasons for people to to attend recovery dharma and heal see I think you're already living up to the zen master part well, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> hey, and there's uh, probably real Zen masters out there. Like, yeah, I f know. that guy. Yeah, right. Well, he's got, you've got the beard, dude. You've got the look. Well, so. Maybe one day. We'll, you know, we'll I aspire to one day to to be. You fa- hey, look, you found you know, some Zen in your healthy. life, dude. So you're the master of uh, your own Zen. So I try every day to find a little bit. Right. There's a song about that. It's like, give me fucking Zen. Okay. Yeah. Cool. That's me. Hey, every day. Dust- Dusty's mom. Yeah, that was Dusty that cursed on the air. 
So anyway, <laughs> but hey, I do not want to leave this lovely young lady out. Uh, Amanda Franklin is an LPC life coach, and get ready for this alphabet soup here is what we call it. Uh, so LPC, CSTAT, Master Addiction Therapist. Uh, also, you have an involvement, uh, a strong involvement with Al-Anon. Uh, and then also you have your own page uh, on Facebook and Instagram, and it's called Recovery for the Rest of Us. Um, the reason, well, first off, welcome. Thank you. Yeah. I'm excited to <laughs> be here. By the way, yeah. I'm just going to talk at you the okay. whole time. Okay. <laughs> but this is Amanda Franklin. I'm excited to have her on. Um, we always talk about active addiction or... Or, or what's happening in that community. We never really have, on the show, have addressed the families um, that addiction can affect. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And, and that I mean, is what we're doing. That's a huge to piece. Yeah, that's, that's why I thought Amanda would be such a great guest. And she's my good friend, too, and a wonderful hiker. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, okay, so let's, uh, I guess, before we talk about all your accreditations and all that good stuff and we get to your group, let's, uh, let's hear a little bit about your story and, you know, how uh, I know you were kind of touching on uh, how you had an interesting childhood, let's say, but uh, let's kind of hear your backstory and then how you, uh, you know, got involved with this. Um, I guess long story short, I grew up. In a home of addiction, right? Um, and so, in all the different ways uh, that you that can you can make the long story long. <laughs> by the way, you can make the yeah, long story long. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, you know, I, I grew up in a world where um, drugs were normal, uh -huh. and it was the business. It was so it was the family business. It was the family business. All right. Okay. Um, and uh, it's it's um, what we lived with. It's what we did. Right. Uh, I think kind of growing up looking back at some of those things you know seeing them in from a perspective and a lens of recovery mm -hmm. i look at them very differently than i did at the time sure um, well you i mean you were just a kid you growing were just up. a kid yeah, yeah. and also the, the the reason why i get so passionate about family recovery is for the people that have grown up in addiction mm -hmm. um, who might not understand just how much they were impacted by another's sickness sure and how much that changes us so um, growing up in addiction, I was living on my own when I was 14. Wow. Um, Were you emancipated? No, I wasn't emancipated, but I was on my own when I was 14. I, Your own apartment? Everything? No, I was, I was playing house. Oh, um, okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was playing house. Right. And, and if you look at the dynamics, I think most of us would be able to agree that if you're in uh, a world of addiction, sometimes it's a really dark world and the, the boundaries are very blurry and the lines, uh, get crossed all the time. Sure. And so... You know, I can look back and say that I was kind of thankful for that experience because mm -hmm. it took me out of one hell, but it puts you kind of in another hell. Right. You don't understand mm -hmm. those things necessarily. Mm -hmm. So, um, and and I just kind of began my life at that age. Um, right. Sure. Yeah. You kind of had to grow up before you were supposed to grow up. <laughs> I, I would absolutely say that. Yeah, little, um, absolutely. Little. I was. I'm also very stubborn mm -hmm. and strong-willed. Um, Tri trial. So <laughs> trial by. Trial by drug trafficking. <laughs> well, not necessarily drug trafficking, um, you know, but he, you know, it, it is what it is. Yeah, um, no, and I so um, I, I lived in that world for a long time and sure. um, thought I was grown and mm -hmm. lived a grown life and mm -hmm. uh, played. You know, I was definitely party girl. Um, yeah. I didn't, I don't have a problem, you know, talking about all those things. I feel so fortunate sometimes that 
as opposed to lots of people around me. Mm. And the party was over Sunday night. Yeah. I could get up Monday. Yeah. As opposed to keep it going. Um, right. And what's amazing is 99% of the people that I lived in that space with in my life are no longer alive. Mm. Um, wow. Almost all of them have either committed suicide or uh, died as a result um, of addiction. And I look at wow. that stuff and I'm kind of just blown away by it. I mean, it's my everyday world it, now. Yeah, it, it, well, it's crazy. I mean, you know, not only have you chosen chosen it kind of as your vocation, but, uh, you know, it's, you know, you were just thrust into that. So it was like, it was like you were predestined or preordained. Yeah, yeah, I feel right? like I needed all the, the experiences that I have um, sure. to help me help others. Right. Because uh, we do so much. Well, I mean, no, but I mean, you definitely have a, a, a uh, I guess a good or great perspective uh, because you know you had a front row seat of uh, of addiction your your entire life your upbringing and all that kind of stuff. So. It's always yeah. fascinating to me too when when I work with clients and and peers um, when they're young and at thirteen and fourteen and fifteen cast into another world from an already adult world with a with the mind of a child having to process these adult concepts right. you know and it changes the way that the brain develops. It changes the trajectory of the way your brain develops and also the rest of your life, you know? And to understand that impact, like you said, is really profound. Well, and I, I think that's a, a beautiful point because it took me until I got into this world to understand there's nothing wrong with me, right? right? Mm -hmm. That this is an absolute normal byproduct of the life that I had experienced. Sure. Um, and I get very passionate about young pre people. My, my practice is full of young people um, because this is where we can make the most difference, right? And let them know that this is just the result of living in a world um, that's very distorted, right? Yeah. Like the book even kind of, the big book talks about how distorted right. our worlds become. And the whole family is neurotic mm -hmm. to a great right. degree. Now, now, I would say to a big degree. Well, you, know? that, you, you bring up the, you bring up the big book. So you are, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know what what the level of anonymity is as far as being in Al-Anon and, and going to meetings and stuff like that. I mean, obviously, you don't flame somebody's story. Oh, well, yeah, uh, Mike Sotheby was talking about his son, and he's really an F-up, <laughs> you know. I mean, I get that, but, I mean, you know, so in Al-Anon, why don't you explain what Al-Anon is for maybe those people out there that don't know it or or what type of resource it is? So Al-Anon, as I say, it's the family side of recovery. It mm -hmm. is, um, it was designed to be a side-by-side -side program for the family, for the, for the family member who is in needing um, recovery from, at the time, a chemical yeah. substance. Today sure. it can be processed, sex, porn, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. um, as, as I did the program and my story, my version of it. Um, yeah, you know. so, and I found that interesting that you actually worked the steps <laughs> in Al-Anon Al as well. Yeah, as yeah, well. So I found that interesting. I didn't even know. I, I thought you guys just sat around and talked about Well, I think you, you, know. you, you, there's, all, there's all kinds of groups sure. in any yeah, program, yeah, yeah. right? right. Um, and so I was lucky enough to find a group that did the steps, that used gotcha. the big book. Um, okay. It's not conference approved literature. And right. you find a bunch of rule followers. Right. Um, and they're like, we can't read this book. Right. And sure. Thank God I found people that said, hey, we're rebellious. We're going to yeah, read the we're, book. Yeah, we're so, going in. Yeah. Um, but I mean, Al-Anon was the gateway for my life to change. Mm -hmm. um, so kind of going back to the growing up, you know, I, I spent years pretending 
um, to be something that I wasn't, hiding, masking the pain, not knowing what to do with it. Uh, when you live in a world of addiction and alcoholism, uh, the people around you, uh, my mom was a sick woman. I, I have so much compassion and understanding for what she experienced today, but she was a sick woman. Not only was she battling addiction, she's most definitely battling mental illness. And she had sure. her own upbringing that she had to overcome too. And I'm really thankful that, you know, kind of as just the world evolves and progresses, we get more and more open and there's more resources resources for conversations like this. Sure. Because I think about things like my parents didn't have access to information like this. Right. Yeah. And we were just talking yeah. before the show. I mean, the whole reason why, you know, this concept came up is because there's just so much information out there that I had no idea that there was this whole other existence mm -hmm. Um you know, but while I uh, go ahead, uh, while I derailed yours, I do have to hit the sponsors real quick. Um, real quick, if you need help, uh, be sure and hit up Summer Sky. They're out in lovely Stephenville, Texas. That is summersky.us. Uh, and then their number is 888-857-8857. That's summersky.us, 888-857-8857. I went there working for me i got a year and some change and then like like i said last week uh and if it doesn't work for you it's a very expensive trip to stephenville texas yes and then if you're looking for some long-term recovery we just brought on these guys uh love my boy josh and ricky um, shout out yeah uh cardinal house sober living they are now a sponsor of the show uh and you can reach them at cardinalhouserecovery.com and that number is 918 nine nine eight four two two three once again that is nine one eight nine nine eight four two two three and that's cardinalhouserecovery.com and they're more of a long-term solution uh you know if you're out there and uh you just you, you go to rehab and then you can't do it on your own uh there you know it's all about having some extended accountability as well as spiritual growth Absolutely. You know? And Josh doesn't skip leg day either. <laughs> That's right, dude. Uh, I He's tried to duplicate our last workout and I'm sore from it today. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, um, sorry for the interruption. But uh, so we you have, um, I know, uh, like you said, LPC or like I said, LPC. So you're a CSTAT, right? A Which CSAT. is okay. a certified sex addiction therapist. Okay. Give me, and then the master it's addiction. A, yeah, just a MAT certification, okay. master addiction therapist. All right. And then anything else that I'm leaving out? Well, I've uh, done tons of trainings. Oh, I'm, yeah. a, I'm a live coach. You know, okay. I, I really try to focus on the trainings that help families. Uh-huh. So one of the things, you know, if we're just kind of skipping forward in my life and we're mm -hmm. here, sure. right? Because yeah, I, yeah. I mean, the reality is, is I had to blow my life up too. Right. To get desperate enough to find help. Mm -hmm. um, so that was you know, something that I own wholeheartedly. You know, when mm -hmm. I was sitting in here talking to y'all earlier, I really resented the fact that I couldn't say I had, you know, an addiction or alcoholism to blame all my mistakes on. Right. Um, what I had was a ton of trauma. Yeah. And a ton of unawareness and ignorance, and not ignorance in the mean sense, but just without knowledge about what was going on. And until I had to deal with myself, um, I... I blew my life up too, yeah. and uh, fortunately, well, yeah, you can do you can do that without becoming an addict. Yes, by the way. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I tell, uh -huh. uh, I think a lot of people that end up in Allen on Rooms uh -huh. are blowing things up totally sober. Yeah, you know, are I one of the things that I think sometimes can irritate, especially the more adult family members, is 
I will say that we are exactly the same where the obsession about alcohol and drugs is occurring with the addict or the alcoholic or porn mm -hmm. or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Our obsession about their behavior, what they're doing, controlling the life, looking for safety and security is the exact same thing. It's Yeah, I always say that the, the addict's life revolves around the drugs and the codependent's life revolves around the addict. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. And it just makes so much sense. It makes yeah. so much sense. I wanted to point out too, though, for those of you, and it doesn't mean that even at early exposure, it will change uh, the trajectory of poor decisions because, like, I was exposed. I went to Alateen because, like, there's Alateen and Alatot. By the way, Dusty, the mic's right here. Alateen <laughs> and Alatot. <laughs> and those are for... There's Alatot? The, the, mm -hmm. I didn't yeah, know that. You don't see it as much oh, okay. these it's days because now we're navigating society a little bit differently okay. and really protecting our children more. And so if you want to send your children into unregulated groups and things like that, um, it's a, you got to really be cautious. But there are these groups that exist here in the United States and elsewhere where, you, where young people and young adults can go in if they have a, a parent or a family member that has an addiction and they have their group, just like Al-Anon, but it's for younger folks. Like I went to al camp. But I as we know, know that. that didn't really change the trajectory mm. of my addiction choices. Sure. Yeah. Now, now where but can, it plants where, those seeds. Where can people just, should they just Google that? Alateen. If they want? Mm. Alateen. Yeah, there's websites okay. for yeah. all of that. All right. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah, Al-Anon and al both have websites. Right. Okay. Well, and you were, uh, I think uh, you were saying something. I don't know if you had finished your point, but. Uh, I don't even remember what it was. Well, okay, so let's talk about the resource that you're offering right now. I mean, besides, you know, being a life coach and stuff like that, um, you have a group called Recovery for the Rest mm -hmm. of Us, and that's on Facebook and Instagram, correct? And some YouTube videos. Um, the YouTube videos. Yeah, okay, so yeah. like, is it just kind of like, is it like actually you kind of giving your opinion on what might help or what is it? So it's a couple of things. Okay. Um, I started it a year and a half ago. Well, November of 2019, so going on two years. Uh -huh. um, the page in and itself has got almost 300,000 people following it. The group's got about five or 6,000 people um, in it right now. Right. And um, it's. I started it because there's so many resources for the addict and the alcoholic. And there's where does the family go? Sure. One of the things that I think is super important is not only the healing of the person, right? Because for every addict or I'm just going to use addict for the mm -hmm. sure, terminology's sake, there's seven to 10 of us, right? That this little person is weaving destruction in and out of the life, right? Um, and nobody's talking about that. Nobody's dealing with their destruction. But on the flip side of that, if we want long-term recovery, we have to learn how to love our loved one in a different way to enable the highest evolution of their recovery as well. And so we have to deal with our behaviors. And so I try to approach both of those topics. Okay. You know, I try to help the families understand where um, destruction might have been caused internally. And mm -hmm. I use that word destruction with purpose. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of destruction that goes on as a result of this disease. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't mean to hurt anyone's feelings, and but I'm not going to sugarcoat it either. There is right. abuse. There is name calling. There is most of the girls present in my office that come in, and young men too, uh, anxieties through the roof. They're experiencing panic attacks. You know, what they're saying, parent is saying over here, does not align with what I'm seeing over here. And they begin to wonder, are they crazy? Mm, right. You and I both know parent is doing what an addict does, lying, protecting, 
gaslighting, oh, not yeah. in meaningness, not oh, yeah. in anything other than a sick person well, who is in survival mode for addiction. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of denial that goes mm -hmm. on, you know, with your family because, you know, you're like, I mean, I know my mom was in full denial about my alcoholism. Oh, yeah, he'll be fine. Yep. You know, it's like, uh, yeah, about that. And so we, we manage, you know, both pieces of the coin. We really have to look at both. Mm -hmm. Maybe even to a degree kind of, Unfairly, of course, I'm a little bit of an advocate for the family side. Um, sure. I'm an advocate for recovery, period. But um, I feel like sometimes we have to carry the weight of how we interact with them while we learn to heal from mm -hmm. sometimes the wounds that have been caused by the very person we're learning to interact with and from again. Right. Um, and so I really work on teaching those things. So I just have a few videos up, but it's and it's just kind of creating a base. What is addiction? What is codependency? What is enabling? What are boundaries? Things along those lines. Uh huh. Um, but then in the group, we kind of talk about, okay, I'm in this situation. How do I handle it? Or um, oftentimes I'll self-disclose to kind of create conversation. One of the beautiful things I love about Al-Anon is mm -hmm. I was able to identify my behavior through seeing it in another, right? Because I came in sure. no different than anybody. Hey, you're I like, was manipulative. You're like, oh, that sounds like me. Yeah, I was no, manipulative. That person has my story. Yeah, <laughs> I would tell you whatever story I needed to tell you to elicit whatever emotion I needed to elicit from you. Mm -hmm. I was a perpetual victim, mm -hmm. and and to a degree I was. Mm -hmm. um, but to a degree, a lot of it was self-created, and I didn't think that, you know, because you would act this way, too, if you were surrounded by the people like I was. I never thought about the fact that I'd just keep going and getting in the swimming pool with them, right? Mm -hmm. You right. know, um, it was all their fault. And yeah, you bring up a good point, because I hear it all the time, and one of the points that I try to make is you don't, we use the term rock bottom a lot, and I don't necessarily subscribe to the fact that everybody has to hit one, but for those of us who do, the, the codependent or the Al-Anon doesn't have to chase the addict down to the rock bottom with them. Sometimes they can let them go and experience that themselves, but oftentimes we've, we've tied our wagon as a codependent or an Al-Anon to that addict or alcoholic. Where you gotta go down with them. them down yeah, 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 yeah. And both crash and burn, and it's absolutely not necessary. Right. Hey, and I have a, a good question, I guess, uh, you know, for you, Amanda. Um, because I've come across people and a lot of people's thinking as far as Al-Anon goes um, is like, oh, okay, well, this person's an addict, right? Um, so what does that have to do with me? You know, and the, and what would you say to somebody? Because they're like, because uh, I, I mean, I know from personal experience, somebody was hitting me up and going, well, you know, uh, I'm glad uh, they're getting help, but, uh, you know, um, they want me to go to this Al-Anon meeting. And I'm like, okay, well, they say that to everybody, but it's, you know, kind of more of a process thing. But what would you say to somebody, you know, that that is, what, Al-Anon curious? Or, <laughs> Someone know? asking, why do I need to go to these meetings? Yeah, yeah, the one exactly. With the right, exactly. Okay. And well, one, I would ask him what their relationship is with the person. So let's just say, you know, this is my husband and he's in recovery. And I'm, like, I'm not the one drinking. We'll be fine when he gets, you know, sober. When he's right. sober and things aren't fine. Sure. So I will either approach them and say, um, you know, why wouldn't you want to support this lifelong change in the person that you love, mm -hmm. right? What fear do you feel is, uh, what fear, did I say that or did I say mm, feel fear. twice? Yeah, what fear do you feel, <laughs> he's looking at you, is going to stop you from doing that? Well, uh -huh. What's the worst that can happen? You go learn some sure. information. 
I usually also try to tie it to something medical, right? If my kid was diagnosed with cancer tomorrow, I would be doing and learning everything I could mm -hmm. to try to help them live the best life possible. Um, I love how the book always goes back to, man, this disease is selfish. And my disease is the exact same disease as his or yours, mm -hmm. just manifesting in a different way. It's the mm -hmm. disease of self. Right. And so the truth is, as an Al-Anon, and I'm more worried about me than I am you. I can want you to be sober. I can want you to quit going down into the swimming pool. But the reality is, on some degree, is I need you to be that person because I don't know how to be okay by myself. I need you to be this way so I can be okay. And it all kind of boils down to me. Now, as an adult, as a child, that's a whole different reality. But as an adult, if he's drowning and he's not acting right, it's not working for me. Right. Right? If he's not doing what I need him to do, it's not working for me because I don't know how to disconnect from him and go do what I need to do regardless of what he's doing. Right. Um, so I don't know if that answered your question. No, I know it, it did. But I don't I mean, know yeah, why somebody like, wouldn't do yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and that's the thing. But it, it's just funny that I still see people out there going, yeah. they the have the problem. Yeah. It's not me. Why do I need to do any work? Even, you know even what from I mean? the addict's perspective, and it's just a lack of awareness going, I'm the one drinking every day. I'm the one shooting heroin in my arm. It's not hurting anybody else. Right. <laughs> you know? right. Uh, yeah. yeah. By, the, by the way, yes, there it's are people that everybody. maybe, maybe, love and care for you or hopefully love and yeah. care for you yeah definitely because like you know i mean i know that it, it maybe was not affecting uh, you know i hit it pretty well from everybody else but it was definitely affecting my wife so you know shout out waverly so uh, <laughs> for sticking with me through it but i mean you know it was definitely taxing and um you know she she went to a couple of online meetings and and found it helpful um you know and it's also good to find out that, you know, it's to find out that other people have stories like, you know, like stories. And like you said, you know, they they just totally, you know, you go, oh, well, that person's story is my story. So, you know, that's why um, I just love the, the stories in the back of the big book, because they're older than dirt. But like, <laughs> right. Wow. I totally relate to that. That hobo that was jumping the trains, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. It's funny. That's, yeah, they are older than dirt. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, well, that's funny that you bring that up because then I'm like, you know, but they have like, you know, the whole the whole anonymity step. And, I'm, uh, you know, like press, radio and TV. I'm like, well, y'all printed your own stories in a book. So I'm like, that's not very anonymous. <laughs> it's just in an anonymous book. Right. <laughs> but anyway, that's just I'll probably get flamed for that. Yeah. But Welcome <laughs> to my world. Whatever. Whatevs. <laughs> Hey, so I want to talk about like this. I've always been interested in the whole life coach aspect. So yeah. when you do that, like when you're a life coach, what is a life coach? What do you do? Like, I mean, like if I'm coming to you, you're just going to assess what's going on with me? and Well, yeah, and, and I think it depends on what you're wanting to achieve. Right. Um, I really, really am most passionate about working with families in a recovery um, mm -hmm. type of, of way. I love seeing families kind of be re-empowered um, regardless of what their loved one is doing, right? right? That, that life is going to be good. So I would sit down. I would visit with people. I would say, hey, what are, you, what are your goals? Oftentimes, and I think Dusty would say this, is when somebody walks into life coaching or therapy, mm -hmm. what they think they want is a lot different than what is going to happen, right? Right, yeah. They want, they... To, yeah, they want to learn how to not be angry because, you know, Dusty needs to change and then I'll quit being angry and we have to walk them through the process 
Well, real quick, what is the difference between like a life coach and therapy? Well, I mean, in the state of Texas, if even if I'm doing coaching, I still have to act in a therapeutic manner. That's that's an ethics. That's a law thing. So right. it's a fine line. Mm-hmm. Um, some people, it's somatic. Some people don't want to go to a therapist because nothing's wrong with me. Sure. But they'll, so go to, they'll go to, <laughs> they'll, a, they'll life go to a life coach. That's cool. Um, you know, <laughs> it's it's a little more, I, I'm a pretty direct therapist anyway. Mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like if people knew how to think the thoughts they needed to think, they wouldn't mm-hmm. be sitting in my office. So sometimes I will tell them, right. um, which a lot of our books would say you're not supposed to do that. As a coach, I can certainly be directive. Sure. I'm very directive as a coach. A, li- um, a little more so a than, little than more as so than a, a therapeutic. Okay. Yeah, okay. I don't ask a lot of, how do you feel today? Yeah. You know, I'm like, right. did you get your stuff done? Where uh-huh. are we at in the process? There's a lot of accountability. Right. Um, do so, you find that a hard line to navigate sometimes? Not, no, because no? I am so boundaried with Al-Anon. I yeah. actually did something the other day, and I called him about it, where I kind of crossed my own boundary. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> what is wrong with me? You know, it's all these online meetings that I've been attending. I need sure. some, some love in person. Um, I'll even pop in. I popped into their meeting just to, mm-hmm. just to feel something with this group of people. Right. I think I was probably the only family member there, mm-hmm. but we're all on the same boat, every sure. single one of us. I mean, back in the day, it started, they all went together. Right. Um, and I know I'm kind of going back to the program, but mm-hmm. I mean, with life coaching, I, I um, it's it's a custom design process right. for each and every person, therapeutically sure. or um, in a coaching manner. Um, I'm about to start some kind of group coaching um, on the recovery for the rest of us. Okay. We'll do some kind of family boundaries. Are you going to have it like maybe like a Zoom meeting outside of, uh, you know, like it'll, where? It'll be, there'll be clients, uh-huh. but it will all be done virtually, yes. And okay. so I will limit it to 10 per okay. um, session. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to do you know, like a boundaries class up and coming. Because that's okay. one thing that's really hard for family is, you know, you got your cute little son looking at you saying, Mom, I promise that, you know, I have a flat tire. I do. Can you just Venmo me $20? And in your mind, you know. You know where that twenty dollars is going, but the mm. guilt, right? You don't want your son to be mad at you. I don't want him to yell. You know, sometimes mm. he can be confrontational, even. Sure. Right. So we're doing all these things that are so harmful, kind of in the the full spectrum of reality, because we're not equipped to handle that type of manipulation, yeah. that type of guilt. And Amanda, don't you find too that parents in recovery from doesn't matter what they're recovering from. There's so much shame that they still feel, and they tend to be the biggest enablers. Mm-hmm. Parents you know, are those. Yeah. I'm trying to make up for this. I, you know, I was I wasn't a good. Dad oh yeah, like well, yeah, where their and, own uh, shortcomings were, yeah. or what they what you know bothers them as a parent, where they think they dropped the ball. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. So yeah. I, you know, that I see a lack of boundaries based on that high level of shame that they feel from some of the choices that they made in their addiction or in their in their behaviors early on. Right. Absolutely. I hear you. Well, cool, man. I love it. Hey, um, so also, Brett, it, real quick, I just wanted to uh, let the kids know or let the people know that uh, we have these shirts available real quick. Uh, if you'd like to purchase one, um, they are available at djkellyreverb.com forward slash shop. Got the one that I'm wearing. I went to rehab and all I got was my life back. And then we have the lovely, there is no magic pill for sobriety. If there was, we would all take too many. And then standard pink cloud issue. Those are all available on my DJ website. Uh, also, let's see what else. I uh, want to hit the uh, sponsor again, summersky.us, uh, 888-857-8857. And Cardinal House, I'm excited. Cardinal House. Those guys on cardinalhouserecovery.com, 918 918- 
998-998-4223. So um, anyway, back to, uh, like, uh, I guess the uh, recovery for the rest of us. Um, you know, is there any, uh, without getting too personal, is there anything like maybe a story you could tell us where you've seen a success where it's helped somebody without using names, <laughs> you know? Oh, I could give you lots and lots of well, stories yeah, let's, about let's where hear, it's let's helped hear, Let's people. hear some. Uh, let's um, hear some hope. So I, I have a mom that had reached out, and okay. she's never been around alcoholism or addiction, right? And those are the ones that always touch my heart the most because they are just going to get waylaid <laughs> oh, yeah. by this disease, right? Yeah. I feel like I'm a, you know, an old. By the way, hat your, your son, this. your son or daughter is a complete <laughs> manipulator and <laughs> is lying yeah. to you, and you don't have a clue. You don't have a clue. <laughs> right. um, and for the. For for the, the beginning stages, I would say for the first couple of years, everybody else is wrong. I think like how you would say your mom was even in denial or your mom. You said that about mm, your mom sure. was denial. Yeah, yeah. of course. Um, and so getting them to even acclimate to what the disease is, mm -hmm. right, that it's not a choice. I think that that's one of the biggest things that I've been able to, like I was able to help her and show your daughter's not weak. There's mm -hmm. nothing wrong with her. She is unable to make a choice for her own well-being right now. And it's just that simple. And as soon as we can remove all the moralizing from it, then we're able to really love and have some compassion as opposed to anger, disappointment. You know, you screwed up your whole mm -hmm. college career. You went to jail. You shamed the family. And all those things might be true, but we're going to have to flip the script mm -hmm. um, because those things might continue to be true for the next 10 years if we're not Absolutely. careful. Right. Um, and so I began to kind of work with her, one, just teaching her what the disease is. So many families don't know. And I've worked in treatment centers, and I've been around treatment centers my, my whole adult's life. You might get some psychoeducation in there. You know, some of them do a better job of it than others. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't think the families genuinely understand the importance of that disease concept. First time it actually even became real for me, I was in an AA meeting at PPG in Dallas. It was, they do the, I forgot what it's called, but they go and they're kind of d doing the disease concept in the side room or something mm -hmm. like that, a first step meeting or something. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this guy, and I'll never forget it. It was the first time I was able to not have hatred for my mother. Mm -hmm. um, he was talking about how he picked his daughter up and he did, wasn't going to drink and it was a Sunday and all the liquor stores were closed. but. Long story short, he ends up and goes and buys like five bottles of NyQuil just to drink the mm. alcohol. And he's Delicious. like, that's when he was like, <laughs> I realized that I didn't have a choice. And in my brain, that was the dumbest thing I'd ever heard. Right. Right. But for this man to be standing up there saying that in a room full of strangers was so impactful because I was like, well, if he didn't have a choice, then maybe that that's true for my mom mm. as well. Yeah. And it was the first time I was able to have compassion for the disease versus anger. So that's the first thing I try to do with families. And so is to give them compassion for their loved one. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, don't, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of selfishness going There's on. There's a lot of selfishness. But, but also, you know, there is like, I, I, nobody starts out to, um, you know, to, to become an alcoholic or to become mm -hmm. a heroin user. Nobody, nobody starts out to be an addict, you yeah, know, or, or signs up for that. It just kind of happens, you know? Mm -hmm. That's but how I, I look at it. I mean, I made choices to drink. I made choices to experiment with drugs. And, and along the way, some, somewhere, my brain decided it was going to be addicted. 
Right. You know? And I didn't have a choice in that because I didn't decide I wanted that, but it happened. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have, I have a qu- really quick question. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But I was thinking, what is the barometer here? Like, what? okay, so you have your standard alcoholic, and then where does, what's, the, what's the peak? Like heroin in the neck? Like the spectrum? Like, a, a, is it like... You know, because like I always like even me, you know, going in and talking and and being in recovery, uh, going to meetings, and it doesn't matter matter what type of meeting it is. It's always like I feel like oh, I'm just an alcoholic, but this guy, man, he burned it down, dude. But I mean, that's that, that's my little spectrum. Well, I think there. that's our way of trying to minimize too. Like, yeah. oh, I wasn't as bad as that guy. Why? Well, I, I, I think I only, that's what's yeah. going on. Yeah. Yeah. I only shot up in my arm. I didn't shoot up. In my neck, you know. Yeah. Right. Wait, yeah. uh, do I get some free therapy here? Yeah. No, but I think what you say, like, no, nobody makes these choices, right? Mm-hmm. But I think by the time we get here to talking to another person about it, there is so much anger, disappointment, resentment that's going on that I think that it's helpful for the family to remember that that is somebody you care about. Even sure. if you hate them in the moment, you do care about them. Right. Um, if there's couples, not uh, a lot of times there's been multiple affairs. And if it's been a sex addiction, then, of course, that's been going on. Mm. Um, you know, if it's a child, they might have been, most likely been mistreated by their parent mm-hmm. to varying degrees. Sure. So I think we have to work on forgiveness to kind of begin that process of healing. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. It's one of the things that we, we utilize in recovery, Dharma, is uh, uh, metta or loving kindness and to meditate on the idea that even those people engaged in really hateful behaviors, at the end of the day, there's something in them that they want to be happy and, and we don't know why they're not and why they're acting out that way. And it's not our business to try to figure it out, but to want them to have that happiness. And we want it to have that happiness for ourselves too. So, so to meditate that loving kindness to others, but also to ourselves. And I think it ties into forgiveness well, really one well. One of the cool things that I enjoyed about Recovery Dharma is the meditation period, but the meditation, like, a, you know, a guided meditation, giving you some material to maybe meditate mm-hmm. on. And I love that one, uh, you know, one of the few times that I've been is uh, forgiving the person, the offender, basically, mm-hmm. the, that person that that made that trauma, you know, or, or caused that trauma in your life. And forgiving that person, even if that person is yourself, you know. And, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it was uh, definitely, like, you know, like a little, you start seeing some people get, like, a little teary-eyed when, when you put it, when you put it in that, uh, you know, that, that respect of, like, oh, my God, you know. People get caught up in forgiveness a lot because it's more of a release of bondage for you to not suffer anymore. It doesn't right. excuse what the other person does. It doesn't sure. excuse their behavior. And it doesn't mean you have to reconnect with them, but it's more about disconnecting from that resentment and allowing yourself to heal and grow. Right. As opposed to they get out of get out of jail free card. It's well, not about that yeah. at all. They, even if I feel resentment for Rusty, he doesn't know I'm, I mean Dusty, he doesn't know I'm feeling <laughs> now <laughs> Rusty, I have a resentment. Rusty, have, he doesn't know I'm feeling it. I'm the only Rusty. one feeling it, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, just that process. But, you know, then walking a family through, let's set up some boundaries. Mm -hmm. Let's learn how to love your kid without supporting them. Without, you know, this was a 35-year-old woman who was the daughter Mm -hmm. who they were still paying Mm -hmm. their rent and their car payment. And 
you know, every time they were trying to set some boundaries, the mental health card would get played or even the suicide card would mm. get played. And that's a very tricky one for families. Mm. Like oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. How, how would you navigate that Ooh. if somebody, I mean, yeah, like, I mean, Well, I think if somebody threatens suicide, you call 911. I agree. Period. I agree. Period. Whether yeah. you think they're, one of my best friends who did end up killing himself later on in mm -hmm. recovery, he threatened it all the time. And, and I have to live with this. One day he called, this is pre-recovery, pre recovery pre this is wild, Amanda. Sure. Okay. And he called, and there was a drunk. wild Amanda. Oh, very wild. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole. Um, <laughs> that's a whole other show. <laughs> I had so much fun. Yes, um, I enjoyed my little wild times. Um, but he would always threaten suicide. When he, I understand that that's very common in addiction. Now you get mm. so low, you start feeling suicidal. But I didn't know that. He was just always running his mouth. And you call one night and he's like, I'm going to drive my car into the road. And I'm like, do it. Do it right now. Just drive into the bridge. Go ahead and do it. Like, I was just irritated with him because I thought he was just running his mouth. Now you're looking at me like that's horrible. Yes, right. that's horrible, right? Yes, you are a horrible person. <laughs> now, you know, I'm hoping <laughs> no. he's forgiving me wherever no, he's at. No, um, no. But... You know, and of course he didn't do it. He showed up like three, well, he went missing after that. Uh -huh. And I was terrified, right? Like I was like, oh my God, these are the oh last words I yeah. said to him. And then his mom texted me a couple of days later with right. like him in a straight jacket picture at jail, like being uh -huh. arrested, you know. Um, had I known then what I know now, yeah, of course, I would have said, where are you at? And let's get you some help, right? Mm -hmm. We get resentful. We get mm -hmm. tired of hearing their stuff. And if we're all operating from a place of illness. Right. Um, I can't tell you how many families are held hostage by those words. Yeah. If you do this, I'm going to kill myself. And what a terrible, I couldn't imagine yeah. losing one of my own sons. Yeah. Um, it's funny that you use that word. I like that, that being held hostage, mm -hmm. because that is what a lot of addicts and, and, you know, we do. We manipulate so we can hold that person hostage so we can keep mm -hmm. the addiction going. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to mention, too, um, aside from utilizing law enforcement, most of the counties in our surrounding area have crisis lines that are operating 24 hours and you don't have to be the person in crisis if your loved one reaches out to your friend and they call and they say, hey, I'm going to put a bullet in my head. You can call that crisis line. And in places like Denton, Denton County, they'll go to that person where they're at. And they will utilize law enforcement yeah, yeah, yeah. as well for their own safety and get that person the help that they need. I was so going to say, I've actually utilized there. that and done that to, mm -hmm. for a friend that was in uh, Mineral Wells. I was like, yeah, uh, okay, I got like a threatening text and then I couldn't really get a hold of him on the phone. I go, well, here, I'm calling the suicide hotline and... Uh, they will come by and do a wellness check on and you. And the, so. the good thing about yeah. that is if they're suicidal, we're going to help them. Yeah. If they're holding you hostage, then they're only going to do that one or two times. Because if you then they know, to call them they on know your you're, you're, yeah. Yeah. They know you're real and they'll, and, they'll yeah. crap the cops. The are going to show up yeah. in my house. And knock down my door because <laughs> yeah. they will. They will. Yeah. And they absolutely will. And so yeah. it's a great way to set a boundary. Yeah. Is it uncomfortable? Do I have to talk to the family oh, well, about it? You, it's no, going to feel you'll horrible. You'll be the dick or the asshole. They're going to be mad. Yeah. Yeah. They won't talk to you yeah, for a minute. For sure. And that's okay. Yeah. Because you might just save their life. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and so we really have to relearn. And that's the thing. I just, I just don't want to have that on my conscience. Like, oh, right. that person threatened it and they actually did it. And I could have done something about it. Yeah, I'd rather you cancel me or block me on Facebook yeah. and me have to attend your funeral. Yeah. yeah I yeah. agree. I agree. Yeah. Wow. Um, and so I think, like, you know, when you asked, do I help people? We get to those points mm -hmm. to be able to set those boundaries. Because... 
if Dusty's my son and he's doing those things to me, I'm going to get resentful of him. I'm not going to want him to come around, you know. Mm. And then if all these elements are removed, whether my son is using or not, I can still love him because I'm not supporting him, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not, you know, having to take care of him. Yeah, and I just think because that that you've set those boundaries I doesn't mean you don't you to don't love, love him, him yeah. right? Yeah. And even like when I go meet my sisters who are still in active addiction and I love them with all my heart and we're very boundaried and I don't spend a lot of time with them. Mm -hmm. But when I do, I don't expect anything yeah. other than being there and being present with them in that moment. Mm -hmm. Laughing, you know, doing whatever we, we need to do to connect. I don't... Mm -hmm bring up anything else. I used to preach. I used to try to figure out how we were going to get them saved. And yeah, I realized like, I don't have that ability. Yeah. You're not, you, yeah. you basically kind of teach them how to just be there and not try to try to fix them to because it's, it's human nature to try to fix mm -hmm. something. Yeah. It's, you know, it's definitely Especially a parent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I get uh, yeah. messages all the time. Okay. My, my son or my daughter has this addiction. They're in really bad shape. I need to know what to do for them. Mm -hmm. And my first question is always, do they want any help right now? And more often than not, they don't. So that's, I'm like, well, let's and that's shift a huge factor. The focus on yeah. you. We need to help you now because help you. you're going to try to, you need to heal from all of these experiences and, and you're going to be able to have to navigate if things get worse or this doesn't end well. How are you going to cope with that? And how are you going to cope with this continuous Right. Trauma that you're and how are you not going to aid that uh, that mm -hmm. that part that party train? <laughs> yeah, no, mm -hmm. I get it, man. I mean, that's that's really good stuff. Like, I mean, I, you know, I I, I think uh, that you know it's not talked about enough uh, about setting those boundaries mm -hmm. and, and and what are the appropriate ones? Yeah, it's so individual. Yeah, mm -hmm. for right? sure, for sure. And then what happens when we've been have we've had these rigid boundaries with our active addict and they start to recover? Then how do we help? And then what do we do? Do we pay for sober living? Do we not? Do we pay mm -hmm. for treatment again for a 40-year-old man or right. not? There's some treatment centers I've heard them say, put a second mortgage on your house. Right. The Allen oh, and therapy yeah. me, a therapist to me is like, no, 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 no. There's a homeward bound. Yeah. I have seen people get sober in a dumpster when they're ready to be done. Yeah. Like, and we're not going to yeah. empty ourselves Right, or, 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 adult or financially ruin yourself. Yes, or yeah. now if it's your 15-year-old, that's a totally different conversation. Sure. And so it's so individualized, and I think that what you said is perfect, that what are we doing to educate you, the family member? What are we doing to let you know what the appropriate steps are, regardless of what they're doing? Mm -hmm. um, and it's so hard, right? Yeah. And it's hard to watch the people you love destroy themselves in varying degrees, whether it's just drinking themselves to death or mm -hmm. sticking needles in their neck, right? Hey, you're using my spectrum now. <laughs> yes. See? <laughs> yes. Or watching your 17-year-old son not be able to leave his room because he's addicted to pornography. Right. Right? Ooh. And that's a that's a whole different version sure. of hell mm -hmm. and how you handle that and what boundaries you set. And right. it's, I think, plugging into programs where people have walked these roads before you mm -hmm. becomes real important mm -hmm. because... I wasn't equipped as a parent to deal with a 17-year-old holding himself up in room. It's not my 17-year-old, but I'm just saying I wouldn't know what to do with that. Right. Um, he's in there. He's got his season pass to yeah. watching the Yankees. <laughs> you know, are having there have I've actually had people where they've had to go to the hospital because they're dehydrated because they have not taken care of themselves. That's a whole sure. different version of addiction. It's very mm. real, right? Yeah. Um, or if we begin to look at, is someone a heavy drinker and a narcissist? Uh -huh. 
or a true alcoholic. I feel like right. there's hope for the true alcoholic. I don't necessarily know that there's a lot of hope for the true narcissist. You might have a different opinion about that. <laughs> but yeah, speaking of some of my ex-girlfriends. <laughs> but, you, but you have recovery. Say, speaking yeah. of narcissists. Uh, <laughs> Jeez, Kelly. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, and so, like, I, I think giving resources to people who, like I said, for everyone, addict or alcoholic, there's seven you know, there's a mom, a dad, a, a partner, a sibling, a child, an mm. aunt, an uncle, an employer, a coworker, right? Right. Um, that are all impacted by this. And one of the examples I use um, when I'm working with families is that the addiction's like an octopus, and it's got all these tentacles wrapped around us. And each tentacle, of course, is specific to their language, but this one's going to cause anxiety, and this one's going to cause pain. You know, and this one might have some abuse attached to it, right? right. And slowly, we're going to learn how to unhook. Those tentacles I from like our body. The octopus analogy. You know? I yeah. Enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And understand. And then the other part of that is not only is, let's just say, dad's the addict, that octopus is covering dad. So there's dad in there, mm-hmm. but this octopus is just taken over, right? Right. And so one of the He's first is. He's got his assi- mouth right on, the, <laughs> right on the ink ejector. Yeah. And so, like, <laughs> when, when I'm working with, you know, younger people, one of the first things I have them do is I have them write down all the qualities of the octopus. Uh-huh. And all the qualities of their dad. Yeah. Right? Dad is loving. Dad used to read to me because they're so focused on pain, rightfully so, because that's what the disease is, is pain. Mm. So it can only give pain. Um, and they don't know what to do with all the pain that I really try to remember that there's a, a, a human mm. in there, yeah. right? Yeah. Especially with kids. When they're older, will they have an option to, to engage with their parent or not? Absolutely. But right now, they're in the same home, mm-hmm. hostage yeah. to their person's addiction. Mm-hmm. And let's give you some skills to live right. that addiction. Yeah. Sure. And so those are the those are some of the things that we do. Yeah, um, and educating right. parents and grandparents, too, because uh, you'll hear often, well, when I was growing up, A, B, and C, I'm like, well, that society doesn't exist anymore. Your, right. your child or your grandchild is living in a different society now. And so it's important that you understand what they're going through that gaming addiction is real, porn addiction is real, Mm -hmm. eating disorders are real. Yeah. And and sometimes they just, it doesn't click for them because they're like, well, I grew up in a different time. Absolutely, you did. So let's get into the present and understand what's going on in real time so you can help the person you love. Sure. Get rid of some of that old way of thinking. Right. That served you well, maybe, perhaps. Maybe it didn't, but that's not going to serve your child or your, your grandson. Right. Or even, you know, your husband or wife. Well, I love to go to the line in the big book where it talks about the guy. I can't remember it, but, like, there's a tornado. He comes up out of the cellar, and he's like, look, Ma, you know, the wind quit blowing in that grand. Sometimes I feel like that, that the alcoholic or addict is like, I'm sober. My job is done. Right. right? And, and I think that that's the perfect expression of things are different. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We're not in a cellar anymore. We've got to keep going. What are we going to do? What are the skills? Sure. You know, if I'm a mom and I've created damage, and, and I created a lot of damage in my home being mm-hmm. the codependent, right? Mm-hmm. I, the, the, I remember I was six months into recovery, and I called my sponsor, and I was like, oh, my God, there was laughter in my home. Mm-hmm. Because my boys, I was a bully mom, right? I, would, I wasn't a hitter. But I would yell. I was mm. a yeller. Yeah. And they're these little boys, which are six foot four now, but they're these little sure. boys, you know, and their five foot ten mom is yelling at them. And I'm not yelling at them. I'm frustrated about everything that's going on over here. Uh-huh. But they're the ones that are being in- impacted most by my frustration, right? Mm-hmm. They're the ones that are wearing the pain of the family because if dad's, you know, out running around and drinking and mom's stressed out and trying to not only control home, 
and manage everything, but you're trying to control dad. It's just a horrible thing all around. And I remember calling her and just heartbroken that I had, one, had allowed myself to get so far away, but I don't think that I ever knew any different anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but two, realizing, okay, there's hope, right? That we sat there and we were playing a Monopoly that night mm-hmm. and we were laughing and it had been so long since something like that had happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I still remember it vividly right. yeah, to yeah, this yeah. day. I can for saw, 13 I, years later, I saw right? you going there. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah. know, because yeah, it's sure. those moments that keep you going in recovery. Recovery is hard. I don't think, oh, yeah. and for the family too. That first year, I mourned who I was. Right. I don't think that I realized how ugly I was to the addicts and alcoholics around me. My intentions were good, mm-hmm. but I wasn't a good person. And I think the more pain that I received and created. Mm-hmm. Uh, the more that just came out of me as well. I right. was in so much pain that that's all that that right. And I, I love, but I love how you you know you put that like as in recovery because I always point that out. It's it's a constant process and it's not it's not recovered. You know, it's recovery. You know, and uh, you know, I, I just I I think that is something that it, you need to have in the forefront of your mind that it's always going to be. You know, you're not just going to get well and then move on with your life. Um, and that goes with uh, anything. It's, it's a constant work in progress. And whatever work you put into that, you know, you hopefully see some benefits. Yeah, and I like how you touched on the children, too. We were joking around about narcissism. And there's this joke about children <laughs> being narcissists, <laughs> right? And so children, they think the world revolves around them. You know, if something good happens, it's because I did. You know, I did something cool. Santa Claus comes, it's because I'm a great kid. Tooth Fairy comes, but also... If mommy drinks, it's my my fault. If daddy goes to jail, it's my fault. If mommy hits daddy, daddy hits mommy, it's my fault. And if what, they hit what, me, yeah. then yeah, I'm a yeah, bad yeah, kid. Yeah, I'm a yeah. bad kid. Mm-hmm. And so everything is internalized by the child, and that sets up a set of beliefs that will carry on throughout their adolescence and adult life. Mm-hmm. So that is a big, what I call contributor or influencer to the decision-making process that goes into every decision from that point on, whether it's the decision to drink or engage in sexual behavior or engage in violence, um, that those type of influences don't go away when they leave the house. Mm-hmm. No. Right. Mine hey, carried forward. I'm sorry. Right. No, no, no. It's all good. I, I mean, we're just going to be wrapping up the show here. But I, I want to be sure that people can contact you as far as life recovery coach and and or, uh, you know, LPC. Uh, what is the best way to reach out to you and to get in touch with you if somebody's interested in soliciting your services so um on facebook or on instagram you can just mm-hmm. search recovery for the rest of us okay um and there is a page there that would lead you to the group and then on instagram you can just send me messages there okay um if you're looking for um therapeutic help you can mm-hmm. find amanda franklin lpc at gmail would be a good um, email address okay um but it's a much needed topic. Yeah. Um, no, and I, I thank you for coming on and sharing that. And then, Dusty, I wanted to uh, shine a little light on uh, your uh, your Facebook page, which is Sobar, uh, Sobar Basics. Sobar Basics is our Facebook page, and North DFW Recovery Dharma is another one that I like to promote. Also, um, I want to give a shout-out to my team out at Texoma Community Center at Substance Use Disorder 
treatment program and my coaches. And they can get free help there, right? Absolutely, yeah. Um, if you don't have any resources, come see us. Um, uh-huh. Cook County, Fannin County, Grayson County. You can find out more about what we All do. All those places where tornadoes are? Absolutely. At <laughs> texomacc.org, and we have a recovery coaching program out there. We have medicated assisted treatment, some boxing program out there. We have an outpatient program out there. We have a specialized women's program. We have apps. Um, Absolute. We have adolescent. <laughs> do not have absolute. We have an adolescent substance use treatment program as uh-huh. well as as well as many other programs. So, and you can you can reach out to me there at dburrows at texomacc.org or dustyleeburrows at yahoo.com. And another thing that maybe people might be interested in, another part of my professional role is I will do assessments and then point pam- families in the right direction for not only their addict to their loved one, but more the mental health side, right? Mm-hmm. Like my stuff presented later on in life and sometimes still as an eating disorder, sure. right? And so okay. what do we do with our kid that has an eating disorder, but we're not gonna talk about what's going on over here? Mm. Or my kid is majorly depressed, where do we find appropriate resources? So I do mm-hmm. screening and so you're placement a bit of a, around like that. Like a resource broker I, abs- I absolutely, when yeah. you said a resource broker, that's exactly well, that's, what I do That's too. the one thing, you know, now that I am an RSPS, which is yeah. Recovery Support Peer Specialist. Congratulations, yeah. Kelly. <laughs> At Chapter House, right? Well, I mean, I do recovery okay. tech work, but I actually did the certificate the and, okay. and the training and the uh, pe- the peer. Uh, th- what is your peer your? Uh, specialist supervisor? There you Are go. Are you a peer specialist supervisor? Yeah, so he too? actually supervised okay. my hours, oh, and now nice. I have a certificate that I will hang oh. right above my toilet. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, hey, real quick. Um, if, if y'all aren't on the YouTube channel, please go there. It's www.thispinkcloud.com. That's going to take you to the YouTube channel. Hit subscribe because I'm going to have unique content on there uh, that's only on that channel. And I actually was talking, I might just start broadcasting live on YouTube. And then the other, the Facebook Live and the Instagram is just going to be uh, social page to direct them to YouTube. So I don't know, something I'm thinking about. But so uh, go sign up, <laughs> check it out. Yeah, exactly. Well, I can't thank you enough for making time. Thank I know you. you have nine million jobs and nine million things to do. And Dusty, I know you are the social butterfly of uh, sobriety, or one of them. One but, of the uh, many. Yeah, we yeah. have a lot of uh, recovery rock stars, yeah. especially here in the DFW area. Shout out to Skate Straight. Right. Um, shout out to the Phoenix. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. These are all good resources, people, so be sure and uh, check them out. And, uh, you know, if you need help, just reach out to us. Also, um, I was going to throw this idea out there. Uh, if you have any topics you want uh, us to discuss on the show, uh, do me a favor and send in uh, like a a video message. Just video yourself on the phone uh, asking the question. We'll play it on the uh, on the air and address your question and you'll be a little internet famous. Oh yeah, one more thing Kelly. Um, We're having an event on the 29th. It's uh, on a Sunday from 12 to 3, Grapevine Lake. You can get the details on that on the Phoenix page or the Sobar Basics page. So anybody in recovery, uh, sober, sober curious, um, elective sobriety, not quite sure, come on out. 
elective sobriety, that's when you didn't really have any issues with it. You're oh, just, just making, you're sober. just being sober because oh. it's a healthy life okay. choice. Okay, you know, like cutting out gluten. Is there you know? is there yeah. uh, and then court ordered sobriety? Yeah, there's <laughs> right. court ordered sobriety as well. So right. all of that, come on out and hang out with us at the lake. Usually there's about seventy five people. Yeah, no, it's a good time. Um, it's a good time. We'll and feed hot dogs you. And yeah, yeah. Good, good times, Kayaks, good people, yeah. Right. Mountain bikes, volleyball, right. music. Yeah, exactly. Community it's, or sangha, as there, we call it. There you go. Hey, and uh, anybody you want to shout out to real quick? I just appreciate being here. Okay. You know? Yeah. Um, you know, if, if you are looking more on the therapeutic side, the, the um, practice that I'm at is Living Perspective uh-huh. and Flower Mound, um, and there's a great staff there. Okay. Um, other than that. All right. Well, thanks yeah. a lot for coming on, guys. Yeah, I thanks, appreciate Amanda. it. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, let's see. Next week, I actually have the uh, two recovery coaches from Nexus, uh, which is uh, a, a recovery facility that is strictly for women, and it is uh, it's free of charge. Yeah, fantastic FOC, resource. So. If you need treatment and you're a female, Nexus is a great spot to go, and you can get in there free of charge. It's uh, state-funded. Homeward bound as well. That's a big question I have. I don't have insurance. I don't have money, but right. I need help. Sure. Those are two really good places to start. Cool. Well, Brett, if you want to play us out, bud, hey, uh, thanks for coming on again. And uh, then, uh, as I like to say, uh, there is no magic pill for sobriety because if there was, we would all take too many. Oh, yeah. Mr. Recovery Support Peer Specialist. <laughs> Drop a ball